Hello and welcome everyone to Drewly Noted. As always, my name is Drew Orland, calling in from Washington, D.C., beautiful Washington, D.C., and today I'm joined by another in a line of fantastic guests on our program. <laughs> our guest today, um, she is what I would call a polymath, if I've ever seen one, someone of many talents, a mathematician, a dancer, a musician, an appreciator of the outdoors. And all this I gather from following her on Instagram for years. <laughs> uh, we're joined by the one and only Louisa Lyles. <laughs> Welcome, Louisa. Hi, I'm Louisa. Hi. <laughs> um, how's it going today? How are, how are you doing? It's going well. Oh, I also, when you were doing the introduction, it reminded me, I love your intro music. Um, I've, oh, of course, did like the Nutcracker for many years and Waltz of the Flowers was always like a really fun dance. So it always just makes me happy to hear it. So that's fun and yeah. good. <laughs> Wait, so, so you said you were, you like actively participated in the Nutcracker, is that right? Yes. So my ballet studio in Plano, they, I think this is the first time in a really long time due to like COVID that they didn't do like a full on Nutcracker production, but I did it from first grade to 12th grade and it was a lot of fun. Um, and I specifically did Waltz of the Flowers, I guess, eighth grade to 11th grade. And it was super fun time. That's really cool. It's interesting because I would bet like most people, uh, and I would put myself in this category, our appreciation and understanding of the Nutcracker is mainly through the music, just because I think it's when it's Christmas time and like the stuff's on the radio, like you're more you're more likely to hear the Nutcracker like suite playing on, on the radio rather than like walk past a TV like showing somebody yeah. dancing. So that that's really interesting to me because. Yeah, I think I've probably seen it a few times throughout my life, but I remember the the, the most recent time, it was almost like a, it was like a, you know that you're familiar with like these really famous like works of art. Uh, yeah. But like when you um, sit down, so like for this specific example, I remember going and seeing the Nutcracker, and like it, it almost felt like I was at a concert, and like I was listening to like a, a musician that I've followed for a long time. And then they start playing like the old hits and you're like, oh, I forgot they sing this. <laughs> it was like every piece, <laughs> like they'd come out and it's like, I don't know what they're doing on, like this dancing is cool, but it's like, oh, I know this one. And then it just keeps like, it's all these like little B-side hits <laughs> that you forget about. Yeah, that happens to me too. But like in different contexts, like I'll see an excerpt of Swan Lake. And I'll be like, I didn't know that one was in Swan Lake. I love that one. So like, same thing. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of it's this is maybe a good segue because I'm interested in talking to you about um, I feel like most of the time when I'm <laughs> when I have participated in or enjoyed some kind of like art form, it's usually like not siloed, but it's like very much a um, for example, I know that you like you just mentioned you danced ballet and I don't think about it that much, but it's like incorporates like not only dancing as an art form, but music as well. And so like what I was trying to say is that, like I feel like anytime I've been artistic in my life it's like very much one like all right I'm playing the piano now and everyone is to, we're all sitting still and playing the piano uh, and it's interesting certain like art forms like you, uh, dancing is not the only like manifestation of this but it's like what I'm trying to get at is like as somebody who's participated in those activities do you find sometimes that your appreciation for like let's say your um dancing to a piece of music like Tchaikovsky. Are there times when you're like more into the dance part of it? And then, and then at times are you like, I don't want to dance right now. I'm just like feeling the music. I'm like, <laughs> I'm just vibing. Or does that not oh. make any sense? No, that that's cool. I'm 
I'm not sure how to answer that, but I, like, let me <laughs> just think about it because I feel like like an appreciation for the music kind of like ties all my different activities together because mm. you know you can like participate in it, you can like tinker around on whatever instrument you have and like try to recreate it. I do a lot of that, and you know it's not very good, but it's just about kind of like interacting with it, like for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I love it so much, I want to like have it in my hands if that makes sense yeah and then other times yeah you're like dancing to it or like i took ap music theory at plano senior with mm-hmm. dr eater who was like amazing and sometimes we would end up like analyzing pieces that i had danced to and that was like the best day ever because i was like so excited um, oh that's cool to sort of like experience it differently it was funny like our final exam was snow from the nutcracker while i was like rehearsing snow from the nutcracker so it was oh, that was cool. really fun <laughs> um of your like sort of creative pursuits right now is there one that like you're finding in this like time of quarantine or is there like something that you're turning to to like keep your artistic side sort of like engaged and, and activated do you know what i mean yeah man it's been a long time since this whole thing started yeah so <laughs> At the very beginning, I got weirdly into coloring and like okay. drawing things, which is interesting because I'm not very good at it and I never got good at it. I just kind of had like a list of things I wanted to draw and then I drew them and then I was done drawing. But that that lasted, I guess, like not very long. I would say maybe until like June. So, <laughs> sure. you know. Yeah. And then. It was a uh, season one. Yeah, it was, it was exactly, it was season one. And then, I don't know, I feel like I didn't do, I feel like I was so kind of, maybe not overwhelmed, but just kind of like, I wasn't managing my time super well when school started. And I, you know, I hadn't been a full-time student for like two years. And so I kind of didn't do the best job of keeping up with other things. I guess the one thing like artistic wise that I did kind of keep up with was like every now and then I would pick up an instrument and just like mess around a little bit in my room just to like, you know, make myself stop thinking about like, you know, a problem, sure. like a math problem that was clearly going nowhere and I needed to <laughs> stop thinking about it. So I, I did that a few times. And I mean, I think the only thing that's been constant is just like what is probably true of a lot of people, which is just listening to music a lot. Yeah. Um, just for a little bit of background. So Luisa and I know each other from, uh, we both grew up in Plano and went to the same uh, church. We were involved in the same youth group, but also, I mean, being in the same city, like we had mutual friends, like we went to different high schools, of course, but like, you know, you, you, you got networks and stuff. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, for, for people like myself who might not have spoken to you in a long time, what, what are you up to these days? I mean, I <laughs> alluded to following you on Instagram. So I have a general idea, but I, I'm curious sort of like what's motivating you these days? What's... Yeah. So I I think the answer to like the, the literal version of the question, which is like, what am I doing? And the answer to like, what's motivating me are sure. very luckily the same thing right now. Good. So <laughs> I am in my second semester of so I went back to school for math. I'm hesitant to say that I'm in a PhD program because that feels like preemptively bragging. Like I don't have the PhD yet. And I think oh, people what? get kind of impressed when they hear that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 I don't. Like, <laughs> I'm a long way from from that part of it. So I'm, but yeah, I'm. But you're on, you're on like a track to yeah. PhD. Yeah, you could say yeah. that. 
So, you know, I'm hoping that I can reach the goal that I've set for myself and stay on track to get a PhD in mathematics. So I'm taking math classes. I'm, you know, working as a teaching assistant, maybe doing a little bit of grading. Hmm. And that's been what I've been up to since July. So I guess my program started with a summer class in July and it was just like one class, but it was kind of like a, I think they kind of called it like a boot camp, you know, just Mm -hmm. to get us used to the type of math that we're going to be doing, get us used to working together over Zoom, which was, I think that was the most valuable part of it. Sure. Then the semester started in like August and then I had most of December and January off. So I was just kind of like, so for a while I wasn't doing anything, but then I like quickly realized that I'm a lot happier of a person when I'm like working towards something. So Mm. I started back up kind of just, you know, I wasn't happy with my grade in one of my classes basically. So I just kind of studied that topic to make sure that I actually, you know, would understand it because everything comes up again. It's not like, Oh, I did bad in this class. I'm done with it. Like (laughs) these ideas are going to be with me forever. So I had to sort of make sure I actually knew what was going on there. And now I'm taking more classes. That's awesome. Uh, and uh, very impressive. <laughs> and I, I'll say, if anybody gets to call themselves in a, a PhD program, I think you do, because you're definitely more closer to that than I am. <laughs> sure, sure. And I mean, you know, I was really happy to be accepted. It was something that I wanted and I had to work towards. So I'm happy to be here. And yeah, I recognize congrats. that that's really fun. Thanks. But at the same time, you know, I've done one semester of it. So <laughs> sure. Yeah. It's interesting. You, you talked about like, you can't just sort of like put something off and be like, well, that won't come back. <laughs> I have to like keep that in my mind. That's interesting to me because it's sort of a different approach. I mean, it makes sense, but like <laughs> I've taken classes before where, you know, you understand that the material is important and like historically significant, <laughs> Sure. but some part of you is like, I mean, I know the value of this in like an abstract sense, but I know I'm not going to like <laughs> need to know this probably ever in my life. Right. So it's it's there there it's interesting sometimes like I, I feel like I categorized certain classes for better or for worse in college it's like well this I know I'm probably going to use in this field that I'm like wanting to go into and this other thing it's like okay I I want to get a good grade but also like if I have to like delete some files in my brain to, to make space like those are the top of the list for sure absolutely yeah. And I mean, you know, it's not like every math class is like that. This one in particular, the one that I, you know, didn't really reach my goals in is one of those that's more important. But yeah, I also feel like I did that, you know, when I was in maybe my first or second year of college when I didn't really know what I was working towards. Yeah, I was like, okay, I will memorize Green's theorem for these like 10 minutes that I need to know it. And then yeah. I will forget about it forever. And then surprise. Like, I mean, okay, I still, could I tell you Green's theorem right now? No, but like, I'm pretty sure it's a special version of another theorem that I like do know. So I think okay. we're okay. But the point <laughs> I'll is, take your word like, for it. Yeah, I definitely have deleted files from my brain and then realized, oh, I didn't realize I was going to use those again and not have to go back and learn them, which is fine. It's it's going to happen. But sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, Talking about like the sort of flip side to that, I feel like sometimes I fall into the other trap of like, oh, I I really, really want to do like super well in this class because I think it's going to be important for like whatever reason, you know, (laughs) and then being like every reading in the class, like reading through like with a fine tooth comb, like every footnote, like I need to understand this back and forth. And it's like, yeah, that's not a bad thing. (laughs) But I, I think I've definitely gotten better at sort of 
what's the word of like, like triage of like figuring out what's yeah. important and like prioritizing that. Cause if not, yeah, I, I, I definitely do the other thing too, of like going down a, a rabbit hole and then on the other side of it being like, so 90% of this <laughs> I'm not going to remember and is not that useful. So I feel like I'm constantly getting better at parsing like what I need to, to store and what can be thrown away. I'm glad you said that because I feel like that is kind of what happened to me in, you know, one of my classes. I was like, this is the area that I'm going to specialize in. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to understand every little detail. And I just like very much missed the big picture, mm. which is, you know, as you said, it's all about trying to like find the balance and triage and figure out, you know, what, like, at least for me, it's like, what do I need to know? And what do I need to just be able to like, know what to look up, if that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, that's a good point too. It's you, you don't need the space up here because you there's it's yeah. all over the internet. Talking about like being like really interested in like one certain course or one subject, um, I, I'm guessing that what you're studying these days is like way over my head, and especially for your like PhD program and everything. But is there are there like certain um, in my limited limited concept of like the field of mathematics? <laughs> is there like something right now that um, is really like driving your interest in the program or like some aspect of math that you're like, you can't get enough of the reading. It's like super fascinating. Like, uh, do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, one area that I think is really interesting, I wouldn't say it's my main focus, like at this moment, just because I'm, you know, I'm early in the program, I need to fulfill certain distribution requirements. And there's sure. like, you know, there's so much kind of like prior knowledge that I need to accumulate before I even before I can even sort of really decide where I want to specialize. Mm -hmm. But I, um, I don't know, something that I find, this is very, very broad, but something sure. that I find cool and like kind of always exciting is topology. Okay. I think topology is pretty fun. So I guess like the way that people, I, the way that a lot of people first interact with topology, at least in like an academic sense, maybe not in like a real world sense, but like in an academic sense, um, you know, you have open intervals and closed intervals and like, more generally, you can come up with systems of like you can come up with yeah I can come up with like a sort of sorry I don't know maybe I know some people do topology in their like calculus classes so maybe this is like not new information to you no I I'm glad that you're explaining <laughs> okay yeah so it's kind of it's like you can kind of impose a structure on your set that determines which functions will be continuous because you know I guess in like most of calculus we're working in like the plane and mm -hmm. you kind of learn, you know, what makes the set open and what makes the set closed. And then all of a sudden you like abstract another layer and it's like, it's actually not just like totally predetermined what's open and closed. You can like choose different systems for how you decide what's open and what's closed. And, you know, if those systems satisfy certain axioms, then you can have a whole different world. I don't know. Sure. So one example of topology that I think is cool and has a nice visual interpretation that is maybe just what I should have said in the first place is like knot theory, which I think is oh. kind of fun. So, you know, people have developed these tools to look at a knot, you know, a yeah. representation, like a diagram of a knot and, mm -hmm. you know, know certain things about it. So you can look at two, you know, because you, you can imagine that if you're holding like a piece of string that's been knotted, you can kind of like pull it around maybe and rotate it and it'll still be the same knot, but sure. like it's the way it looks will be different. Hmm. And so I think it's pretty cool that people have developed tools to 
understand when two knots that maybe look different are actually like the same knot. Okay. <laughs> that makes sense. So sure. I think that's kind of fun. And it's something that I've tried to get into a little bit. That's cool. And yeah, definitely <laughs> sounds way over my head, but definitely interesting. Yeah. It just, you know, it just requires a lot of like building up context. It's not, it's not something that is super like exclusive or difficult or anything. Sure. Uh, you can stop me if, we're, if you're tired of talking math, but uh, you mentioned a, um, you said the word like abstract, like talking about abstractions. And to me, that's always been like where I kind of had to put in extra work in math. Well, I understand that like once you get past a certain point, like it, it, everything is abstractions. But like I struggled in like any class, like if it was uh, like a chemistry or physics class, if I had trouble like visualizing or like drawing something out, you know? So like for me, that's always been sort of the <laughs> brick wall that I hit in, in terms of like thinking about math or like trying to understand it. So I'm wondering as somebody who obviously like has an interest in math and is like pursuing this program, um, do you, I mean, do you still find yourself, do you struggle with like those abstractions or have you reached a point where it's like, you're like that meme where you're like seeing diagrams in your head and you're like, oh yes, math is like a second language to me. Or do you still have to be like, stop and like think something out? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so definitely the first one. And I'm anticipating, I, I can't really speak for anyone else, but I think that for me and for, you know, maybe some of my friends and colleagues, it'll always, we will always struggle sure. with that part. I mean, you know, there are certain things, so it's really fun to like, you know, experience myself getting more comfortable with certain levels of abstraction, but like, mm -hmm. there's always more, there's always sure. like, you know, I pretty regularly still find myself having to like translate things into like plain English, quote unquote. Mm. And I, I think it helps me think about it. And I'm sure that like a year from now, the, my like tolerance for abstraction might go up, but there's always, yeah, there's always more. So I imagine that I'll kind of be in that book forever. I think it's, it's just something I, it's a challenge that I enjoy. Sure. Whereas, you know, there are other challenges that I don't enjoy. So <laughs> definitely, yeah. I don't that's, know. I guess that's critical. Yeah. <laughs> if it's yeah. a slog, at least you enjoy it. Um, yeah. That's, that's cool. And a question that I've had for a while <laughs> about people, at, uh, you know, in, in programs like, so like I was talking to my friend, um, Kevin, who's also in a PhD program for like. Uh, I heard that. We had Amstead class together. Oh, of course. Yeah. Fun you guys, fact. Anyway. <laughs> I forgot the fact that you guys would, might know each other. Yeah. Um, he's in this material science program and I was sort of talking to him about the, uh, for lack of a better term, like bleeding effect of like <laughs> focusing really intensely on like one subject and then like having to like take yourself out of that. And you kind of mentioned that too, like finding things to, uh, if you get like really stuck on a problem, like something that can like sort of take you out of that. So I'm curious, like, a, does that, do you like experience that <laughs> phenomenon? And, and B, do you find that like in whatever else you're doing, does just like certain uh, math co concepts pop into your mind when you're like ordering coffee or like <laughs> taking a walk, like, you know, just like mundane things like that? Yeah. So I am trying to get better about like recognizing when the path I'm going down in that moment is like not fruitful, mm. it's not going to lead me anywhere. Or maybe recognizing like I'm not in the right mindset to, you know, think about this one particular difficult concept right now. I should just sleep. I'm trying to get better about that because I do need to do it more. I do have to kind of do 
what you were talking about and like find another activity to like distract me for a certain amount of time. Sure. And sometimes that's going outside or, you know, going on some sort of like nature walk or sometimes it's just like if I, if I need a quick, like quick break, I will just like put on a song and like try to just, this is embarrassing, but just try to just like dance around. Sure. Not even the dance that I like learned at the studio, just like jumping right. around, just trying to like blow off steam, <laughs> like something you would maybe do, not like you specifically, maybe you specifically, something maybe, you would do yeah. at like a concert, you know, <laughs> um, yeah, just like to get the, just like to move around and sure. like, you know, really focus on something else. Yeah. So. I wanted to talk to you also about, um, I mentioned you're a, an appreciator of the outdoors. I, I see you're, you're posting all the time of like, here's you in another forest. <laughs> it's like, uh, what do you like about like getting out into nature? And like, is that like a meditative thing for you? Or you just enjoy like the sights and sounds like take that however you want. Yeah, I think I do. I think I really enjoy the sounds mm -hmm. a lot. Like, I think it's really calming and fun to just, you know, listen to like a very different sonic environment from the one that I'm in day to day. Mm -hmm. I actually, yeah, I think the sights are cool also. <laughs> I think there's something about, I don't know. I think I'm just kind of excited whenever I'm in sort of like a new place geographically. Like mm -hmm. I lived in Plano for, you know, a long time and I really loved the trail that went by my house and, you know, I got used to kind of like what those trees look like and what those flowers look like and what the sure. creek looks like. And then it's, you know, now I'm, so I'm at my parents' house in the Midwest in um, Indiana. And so it's really fun to experience sort of, you know, new trees and like new <laughs> yeah. wildflowers um, and icicles. Icicles are super cool. <laughs> I love watching, I love seeing icicles just because that's not something that I got to see a lot um, yeah. before that. <laughs> perhaps very simple answer um no yeah I, I don't know yeah i i i agree like sure there, there's there's cool things about uh about plano but um there, there's something about yeah like being in a new environment and like um not that plano doesn't have trees and and, and cool <laughs> cool stuff but like yeah um but like when i was driving up here to dc uh when i moved up it was like driving through Texas. It's like, okay, North Texas, flat, flat, Arkansas, still pretty flat. And then getting into like Tennessee, Virginia, starting to like mm. these winding like mountain roads. It's like, oh my God, this is beautiful. Like I get yeah. uh, <laughs> when you read about like Thomas Jefferson writing about like, oh, Virginia is the most beautiful place on it. It's like, okay, calm down. <laughs> but it's like, no, it, it's cool. Um, <laughs> North Texas has its, its, uh, <laughs> its perks as well, but, um, not so many rolling mountains and hills. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting that you drove. I, I mean, I flew when I moved because, mm -hmm. you know, different times. Um, right. Not, you know, maybe driving would have been the right choice anyway, but that sounds really pretty. I I don't think I've driven through the particularly, like, mountainous part of Tennessee. Not mm -hmm. that any part of it's, like, not mountainous. I'm not really an expert on Tennessee geography, but, like, I don't think Same. we got anywhere close to the Smokies, which <laughs> is, like, what I'm trying to say. Sure. But, yeah, I do think it's gorgeous and I had, you know, when I drove from Charlottesville to my parents' house, it was 10 hours, but like, it felt really fast because the scenery was just awesome. Mm. And that was really cool. Uh, I've been wondering, cause I, there's like a few data points in my mind about Tennessee that like, I recently started connecting. I was like, I don't know if this is a trend oh. or if just something I, <laughs> so 
Uh, in Nashville, there's a like complete replica of the Parthenon, like the <laughs> Parthenon from Athens, but it's like actually like fully formed and like built out. And then I was driving through um, Memphis on the way up there, and there's this giant pyramid on the side of the road. It's, it's the Bass like Pro Shops the, pyramid? Yeah, the Bass Pro Shops. And I, I like, want to go so badly. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's kind of crazy, and uh, I don't know why that's here. <laughs> um, and then I just saw something else recently. Um or or maybe I like recently learned that like Memphis, the name Memphis is like from like an ancient Egyptian city that was on the Nile. And there's like one other data point, like maybe another city. It was just enough that I was like, is there something going on with Tennessee and like ancient cultures? <laughs> like what what's going on here? Like why why are they naming wow. their stuff after like <laughs> ancient Egypt and um so, I don't yeah. Know. I don't think I knew about the Parthenon. <laughs> That's pretty funny. Yeah, I only know because my sister went to school there and we went and checked it out. But it's one of those weird fun facts that's like, <laughs> you could be like, it, it also like, uh, maybe there's a tie to it. But if you asked like a random person, what <laughs> what US capital has <laughs> the exact replica of the Parthenon? Yeah, it, I don't know why. It, it doesn't make sense. Yeah, I don't know that that would have been my guess. <laughs> no, I'm off on a tangent thinking about like weird things about each state. Uh yeah. Sometimes it makes me laugh that like it's it's kind of cool that like the US is so big that and I guess there's problematic aspects to this too but like s- certain states it's like their whole economy it's like as if some point at the US or in US history everyone was just like all right now uh, Nebraska you're going to do corn you're a corn state and you're just going to do this yeah. and like all right now uh this state over here like I I was I saw randomly the utah flag the other day and it's got a beehive on it and i was like is utah known for like beekeeping like i don't know it's uh if anybody is from utah and wants to reach out and inform us (laughs) about about, give us some fun facts um yeah i think i saw like a picture or a video or like (laughs) i think maybe i was watching like the first episode of real housewives of salt lake city or something (laughs) just because i have nothing else to do but um I think I saw like a some like drone shot of like Salt Lake City and I was like, oh my God, like this, the landscape is beautiful. It's like this pristine, beautiful city with like these white mountains in the background. It's like, man, the US, there's like so many places in the US that are like more beautiful than like <laughs> I can even imagine. And like, I don't even know about <laughs> it's, yeah. it's sometimes it shocks me. Um, but also on the subject of that, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever checked out some of these state flags. They're kind of off the wall, <laughs> and like not even oh, the ones yeah. that are like oh we with a, like a Confederate flag in the corner. Which thankfully I don't know if there are any of those still left. But um, <laughs> some of these flags are they got a lot going on. I'm just saying with a flag, I think less is more. Yeah, <laughs> I I don't know why we can't come to that consensus. Maybe there's something I about agree. being in charge of like a flag committee that you're like, well, we got to throw it. <laughs> Got to throw the whole kitchen sink in there. It's like, no, 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 <laughs> pump the brakes. Um, yeah. I don't know how how flags are, like, designed. I truly, I mean, you know, I know yeah. how a few flags are designed, but sure. I don't know if it happens that way every time or what. But I, I agree. Like, whenever I go somewhere and there's, like, clear, like the National Cathedral, where there's, like, very mm. clearly 50 state flags, there are so many that I just, like, can't recognize or can't tell apart. Right. And then there are awesome flags. Like Colorado, I think, has a really awesome flag. Yeah. It tells a story. You know which state it's from. My my 
you know, when I was living in Charlottesville, my roommate was from Colorado and she told me all the symbolism in it. And I don't remember right now, but it was very cool. Yeah. There are some good ones out there. (laughs) That's the perks of, I mean, having 50, there's going to be a spectrum. (laughs) You're going to have Georgia on one end, not not to throw Georgia under the bus. Although I think maybe this is like, I I saw some, it, it was like a survey they'd done and like people voted on their like favorite state flags. And I think Texas was up near the top. So shout out Texas. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nice and simple. Um, but Georgia's was like, I don't know, for, for a while it was like the worst. And it had, they had like, so you know how like the whole six flags over Texas, it was like there were also multiple flags over Georgia, but they put them all on the same flag. Oh, and no. then there were like words trying to explain it. It was like, okay, guys, <laughs> less is more. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah okay wait i'm so i'm on google images right now yeah. and i see what you mean there's like flags within flags yeah if, and it, it looks like they changed it fair, fairly recently oh okay 2003 was not that recent <laughs> but yeah their their current um, one isn't too bad oh yeah it's the one it's like state flag 2001 to 2003 so they had it for a couple of years and everyone was unanimously like this is awful um yeah and before that, the Confederate flag. So a track record of excellence. <laughs> but, yeah, not very good. Um, wow, that that was a fun tangent. <laughs> Sorry to get us off. Forgot what we were talking about. Um, good. I love state trivia. I mean, I don't know a lot of it, but I enjoy it when I see it. <laughs> sure. Um, Could go on and on about Texas. Got plenty of that in uh, my high school education. Right. Uh, <laughs> how do you how do you feel about Texas? Now, do you, are you, um, th- I'm asking that weird <laughs> for f- no. my own personally. I, <laughs> I, I find that when I am away for a long time, then I get like homesick and it's like, oh, then my Texas pride comes out. But when I'm <laughs> in Texas, it's like, or you, you go to like a Bucky's and it's like every <laughs> shelf is like stocked with like Texas flag beavers. And it's like, all right, guys, calm down. <laughs> How, yeah. Where do you fall on that spectrum? That's a cool question. Um, I definitely, you know, I, I also answer this differently depending on if the person asking me is from Texas or not from Texas. Not that people ask me this a lot, but like, (laughs) you know, I went to college out of state and, you know, I worked in DC and sometimes people would say like, oh, Texas, how was that? (laughs) Um, you know, Yeah. but I guess my, my take on this sort of thing is that, you know, I, I had an experience there that was largely positive. My Mm. grandparents were both born in Texas. They met at UT Austin. They like retired to Austin. So I feel like, you know, even though my dad and my mom lived a few different places, my mom did live in Texas um, throughout her childhood, but they lived in different places. But like having my grandparents, you know, like having them love Texas so mm-hmm. much, um, I think they kind of instilled some of that in me. Um, I think what annoys me the most about any sort of like Texas discourse is when like, you know, liberal or leftist people who are from outside of texas kind Mm. of like write it off and it's just kind of like you know that there are there are people here there are people from every walk every walk of life every background and yeah you know a person should have rights whether or not they're in a blue state or a red state right and you know i don't like the idea that certain people are and I, i don't know i think it's kind of like a liberal idea like oh you know you should like move to the West Coast, move to XYZ, move to like a more blue state, um, which is, you know, and on one hand for a lot of people, it maybe doesn't make that much of a difference. Um, mm. If you, you know, certain things happen to people everywhere. 
And I don't know. It just, yeah. it rubs me the wrong way because it's like, you know, Texas is awesome. Yeah. I think it's a fun place to live and like it's for everyone. So, yeah. You know, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, I know you're a fan of the uh, Texas shaped pool. <laughs> yes. I, I, yeah, my which, sister was a lifeguard there. I know I've been there. I don't know where it is. <laughs> is it in Yeah. It's Plano? close to Sigler Elementary. Okay. Um I'm trying to like remember my street names. Um I think it's man, if like my parents or my sister hear this, they're gonna laugh that I don't know <laughs> this because I have kind of a bad sense of direction. <laughs> but okay, let me like drive there in my head. So I think it's on like you turn in on Alma in between 15th and Plano Parkway. Yeah. Okay. I think that's where it is. I'm, I'm sure someone will correct if that's not right. I'm sure people listening know <laughs> where this is better than I do. But yeah, so it, it was like pretty close to our house. It was like a short drive and we didn't have a pool in our backyard. Mm-hmm. It was a really nice, you know, place to go. Yeah. That's one of those things that um, I'm like just now realizing it's one of those things that uh and this is part of a bigger conversation of like things that are local that you don't realize are local do you know what i mean like i think i first experienced this in terms of like chain restaurants because i think when you're like growing up or at least for me like my first like understanding of the world was like oh all these restaurants that exist in like the (laughs) however many block radius of my house it's like these are ubiquitous for like everyone everywhere like everyone's neighborhood looks like this uh and then i feel like you reach a point at at some point you like come to an understanding that's like oh you mean there are mcdonald's in (laughs) in new york too it's like maybe if you like visit a a family member or something you like start to understand oh these are all over the place (laughs) and then you kind of have to learn in the well for me i had to learn in the other way it's like okay I think I explained it wrong, but I went through phases of like re- realizing, oh, chain restaurants exist. Oh, but not everything is a chain. Oh, but that's a chain. Yeah. It's like you start categorizing. It's like, and I feel like still to this day, I'll have encounters where it's like, you guys know the Texas shaped pool, right? And it's like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh, it's, there's just some pool in Plano that like me and all my friends knew about. But like, yeah, just random things like that. Or it's like, um, yeah, like a, a, a local restaurant. And you'll mention it to somebody and they're like, I've literally never heard of that in my life. And you're like, oh, yeah. they, you didn't have, not every city had one of these on their corner. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or like even Plano, you know, it's so big. There's so many people. Yeah. I feel like there were places that I find, found out about from, you know, friends I met like senior year. It's like, what? That's been there? Um, <laughs> yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Texas pool is fun. Um, oh, I, I did want to talk to you about... Um, living in dc you you lived here for a while yeah. you worked here uh do you got any good tips and tricks for me <laughs> what, what 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 do i need to know what are my uh, uh what's your best advice what did you like here what <laughs> uh i mean i'm curious about hearing like what you liked because i feel like I th- didn't you you did an internship in dc i think yeah i was Sorry, i did like, a summer in yeah 2017 yeah okay that's what i thought um so like i'm sure we've you know we both know different things. And I was, I was, you know, I had my job for the, with the government for two years, but I was like really only in DC for like a year and a half, you know, mm. because of COVID I did, yeah. I did come home in March and work from home. So mm. I don't know. I, so I lived in Arlington and I commuted Okay. just because my, my office was kind of in a part of DC that was pretty easy to get to from 
some Arlington metro stations and it was just like a good deal. Um, and sure. I don't like, I don't love a night out every weekend, so I didn't feel any reason to be particularly close. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I love all the museums. I think they're really great. Yeah. There's something cool about the, the city that I like can't put my finger on that I like, or at least when I was here a few years ago, um, obviously right now everything is crazy yeah. and different but um yeah there's something to be said about like the plethora of like free to visit museums and like cool monuments and stuff i think sometimes like uh i have a tendency to and i think most people do is like sort of downplay what can be seen as like touristy or like cheesy aspects of a place yeah and it's like i i've gotten better at like it's something you have to push back against of like Oh, lean into the like cheesiness if that's what you like really like about something if you like yeah if you like going on a run on the mall and like just being oh. like <laughs> like there's it's something cool about it. like yeah there's there's the capital and like there's these like really cool buildings and i think sometimes it, I've, i'm like afraid to like express that because it's like oh okay we oh. get it it's like <laughs> cheesy in love with the money it's, it's like no 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 i there's something special about that yeah i i think so too like i have a friend who i met in dc who I'm almost positive was born in Arlington, Virginia, and has lived there, you know, outside of college for most of her life, mm -hmm. regularly runs on the mall. Like, absolutely no shame. It just doesn't <laughs> get old. And, yeah. you know, I think if you, if someone hypothetically wants to deny themselves the fun experience of the monument so they can feel cool, like, that's fine. <laughs> but I think it's awesome. I really like, I, I always thought it was kind of fun when I would, you know, be on my commute or you know, be going to meet someone on the weekend at like a different part of town. And I would see someone who's like very obviously a tourist. And, you know, I don't think it's annoying. I think it's realizing like, wow, I'm so lucky to live here. People travel all this way to see this, you know, mm -hmm. I like I remember that I'm living in kind of a like definitely for better or for worse historic place. And that's really fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's cool. Uh, I, I know when I was here a few years ago and I still do this a lot, but like if I was like walking down the street, and like still trying to like find my way around and like get my right. like bearings and you like pull up Google maps cause you're like trying to find something. And it would always just make me laugh that I'd be like walking down the street next to some nondescript building and then I'd pull up Google maps and it'd be like, Oh, that's like the department of agriculture <laughs> or just some, yeah. some like really important building that you like just had no idea. Um, but it looks cool. And like, <laughs> there's just, I feel like there's, those are just scattered throughout the city and it's, oh. it's cool. Like, uh, yeah. I, so when I was in DC, I, I would have a similar experience because I would go to concerts like at the wharf sometimes. Mm. I think that's a newer, I, I'm not sure how new it, I think it, I, I'm not sure like how new it is, but sure. I just, you like, at least for me, I would get off at L'Enfant and then walk by like all of these very important federal buildings and be like, that's housing and urban development. That's the Department of Agriculture. Yeah. And I'm going to go see Lizzo now. Like it's just very, <laughs> yeah. very interesting. Yeah. Um, how it's just kind of like all together, all there. It's pretty fun. Yeah. I think I've, it's also helped me sort of justify more like the, like me moving up here. Like, uh, yeah. cause I, I technically didn't have to, like I'm teleworking. I could have stayed at back sure. home, but I think there's something to be said about like, yeah, the environment that you're in. And like I had, you know, lived in a small village in West Africa for the past two years and then like back home in Plano. Uh, and I, I like loved both of those experiences, but I was like, I think 
like uh, there's some part of me wants to like live like in a like urban setting again <laughs> like be downtown and like uh, i don't know i think i appreciate that more like how much that uh or like the factors or how that plays into my like mental health it's like feeling like i'm i i, I phrased that badly but like you know uh, no, it's i understand yeah <laughs> that's, um, that's awesome yeah okay i did think of two more places that I feel the need to okay. recommend that are maybe, I don't know if someone's from DC and listening to this, they might think that I'm like very basic, but I nah. really enjoy Jones point park in Alexandria. There's kind okay. of a cool lighthouse that you can see. And it's just a fun outdoor space and you're kind of close to the Woodrow Wilson bridge. So you can see over into Maryland and mm. the national Harbor, which I think is just like pretty if you're you know sure. longing to be, Outside, there's also, I guess on the weekends, the few times that I would bike there, there would be like, maybe not toddler, but like also maybe toddler BMX class with like extremely <laughs> small children, like That's just like awesome. wearing knee pads and elbow pads and just like falling left and right on their teeny tiny bikes that miraculously don't have training wheels. So wow. I guess look out for that. I, okay. I found that a very enjoyable thing too. I mean, okay, I didn't like stop and watch, but I would, you know, I would like be riding by on my bike and have a look and just have a laugh. Um, so I picture I'm you definitely... in like a line of toddlers, like, <laughs> like almost like a, what was that called when we do that in like elementary school bike or do you know what I'm talking oh, like about? The cones, like when you go through the cones. Yeah. Wasn't there like a special day though? It's like a bike derby. We, we have like a special Field day. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I'm picturing that though. It's like <laughs> cones in a parking lot. It's a bunch of toddlers and like you in the middle <laughs> snaking yeah. through. Um, yeah, no, luckily I was not participating. Um, <laughs> Because you, cool. you participate I, in regular BMX, right? Unfortunately <laughs> not, no. No. I fall off my bike. That's about as close as I get. Cool. Um, yeah, the second place I want to recommend, which again, yeah, this doesn't have to be in the podcast, but um, Sixth and I, I think that place is so cool. Sixth and it's, I, okay. Um, so it's a synagogue and it also functions as like an interfaith sort of like performance discussion space. Mm. Um, so they have a lot of offerings that are like, you know, specific to their religious community and those are cool and then they also have events that are just you know i don't want to say secular but perhaps like not religious and just more in line with their mission as like a you know community center so sure i've seen some like they'll have i don't know i saw the danish string quartet play there which was really cool oh, um cool. so i'm like you know in chinatown at a synagogue watching a string quartet from denmark and just like having a good time I've also seen, you know, prominent economists like speak there. So that's something to watch out for. Mm -hmm. um, I, so I guess Paul Krugman was interviewed by a woman named Heather Boucher, who was, I remembered her name. I didn't know her before, but I just remembered her name because I thought she was really cool. And I liked the, you know, the arguments that she made and the questions she asked. And then I think she's like now maybe either on or like close to being on the president's economic team. So that was kind of oh, cool. Wow. So they, they have fun people come through, um, sure. just all sorts of things. Also, I think at least three of the five Queer Eye guys have like also been there. So you <laughs> okay. just, you never know what you're going to get. Um, would <laughs> recommend following their events. Awesome. I'll definitely uh, put that on my list. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Cool. Um, well, I also have a few uh, sort of my like go-to questions that I ask everybody. Um, sure. First one being, do you have a either favorite like snack food or gas station order or like uh, however you want to take that like um interesting i love pretzels yeah i think yeah 
I think pretzels are good. <laughs> I also, you know, I love a good hot Cheeto. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> sure. Hot Cheetos are excellent. I just like hot chips in general. I'm a fan of, you know. <laughs> Did you see the, uh, <laughs> there was a debate going on about um, toasting bagels. Are you familiar with the, uh, apparently there was a big debacle when <laughs> Biden went to um, some really, some like famous bakery in Georgetown and he got his bagels toasted. And apparently that's a big <laughs> crime that you're not supposed to do. Um, oh, that's Do you have a stance for the <laughs> I toast my I toast public? my bagels. Yeah. Um, you know, everyone can do what they want, but <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm pro toasting bagels. How about you? Yeah, I like didn't understand it at first because I was like, I obviously toast because who wants a like cold? I was picturing like <laughs> coming from I guess just a different world of uh, not even like oh you get bagels when you <laughs> go get your coffee in the morning. I picture like bagels out of like a bread drawer, you know. Um, yeah. But I guess I guess the the debate was about if it's like fresh out of being baked, do you then toast it? Oh, which I that's think interesting. Uh, apparently that's like a big sin you're not supposed to do. But I like them toasty. I I say toast them. Yeah, that definitely does add color to the situation, though. <laughs> yes, like, it's nuanced. <laughs> knowing that it's fresh out of the oven, I can't. I don't. I can't say that I've ever had like a fresh out of the oven bagel. Yeah, I don't know if I have either. But if I was be if I was offered one, and then someone <laughs> said, "Would you like me to toast this?" If I hadn't heard that story, I would say yes without thinking about it. Exactly. So yeah, I think we're on the same page. <laughs> yeah, that's um, just what I'm used to, I guess. Yeah. My other sort of default question is: Do you have any fun facts or a weird? I mean, we kind of shared some weird fun facts, but is there something you learned recently that you think the world should know about? Oh, I'm a f okay. So I really enjoyed learning the word neoliberalism. I think it's a little too long, like personally. <laughs> okay. Um, I remember learning it in like a class that was an elective that wasn't like required for any of my majors. And I was just kind of like, why, why didn't I learn about this before? I just, you know, and I guess there are people who have like studied political theory who are like, yeah, of course, like this is not an exciting word. But I think <laughs> yeah. for a, like someone who's more on like the layperson side of understanding politics, I think it's a really useful concept for me to understand when I'm, you know, trying to consume news or understand, mm. you know, it's just nice to have a, a framework that it's like sort of a mindset that you see occurring in like both mainstream political parties, um, sometimes one more than the other, sometimes other. I don't know. Sure. I don't know what I'm saying. I just, I think it's a cool word. Um, I wish I had come more prepared to talk about it or define it, but <laughs> no, I, I, th I thought it, I think it's just like a, a nice concept to understand. So I should probably like pull up the definition. Um, <laughs> Neoliberalism is contemporarily used to refer to market-oriented reform policies such as eliminating price controls. Um, so when I hear price controls, I think of like rent control, minimum wage, mm. um, you know, maybe controls on the prices of certain like goods that the U.S. produces, right. um, deregulating capital markets, mm. lowering trade barriers, and reducing, especially through privatization and austerity, state influence in the economy. So. My understanding of it is that it also has a little bit of a flavor of like personal responsibility is the way to go and individual action is, you know, what determines things. But anyway. Sure. Um, yeah. 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 It's a nice, uh, like you said, a uh, useful framework for sure. Yeah.
Um, cool. I, I mean, I asked you for a fact. I don't have anything fun. I guess my fun fact is uh, there's a full full size replica of the Parthenon in Nashville, Tennessee. <laughs> That's an awesome fun fact. <laughs> um, so if you're ever trying to reenact some Battle of the Acropolis or something, <laughs> you know where to go. Um, totally. Awesome. Well, my sort of last, uh, unless you have anything else to add, um, my last question is, do you have anything to plug or advertise? <laughs> something you want people to check out? Oh, I check out topology. <laughs> no, I mean... <laughs> The field of mathematics. There's, yeah, you know, math is cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if anyone in the Austin area is interested in floral arrangements. Um, <laughs> someone that I, I don't know, someone that I used to dance with started her own floral arrangement studio. Oh, um, cool. And I think she does really cool stuff. So, yeah, if apparently people my age are getting married. So, if you want to check out <laughs> Moon Flora Studio, yeah, Leanna's doing some super cool stuff. Cool. So. I just feel like someone's listening to this and planning a wedding in Austin, <laughs> probably statistically. Yeah, <laughs> sure. sure. Um, or just need some flowers, you know? Yeah, right. It's not limited to weddings. <laughs> Anytime you need flowers, call Leanna. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Um, one last question, just out of curiosity. Are you, what are you like listening to music-wise these days? What's, what's, are you going down any rabbit holes, any new artists that you're like, oh, I can't stop listening to this song, you know? So maybe old artists... Um, so, okay, new artists I did recently start listening to, um, I think Arlo Parks has a new album called Collapse and Sunbeams that I am enjoying. Okay. I also think Tasha, I think that's their name as an artist, but I think they're on Twitter as at wow, Tasha wow, also <laughs> has really good stuff. Um, cool. but like the rabbit holes I've truly been going down are Britney Spears and Talking Heads. So. <laughs> Interesting. Um, yeah. What about you? Oh, no. It's turnabout. Uh, <laughs> I really should have answers prepared for questions I ask. Um, I don't know. There's a band called uh, Snarky Puppy that I'm a yes. huge fan of. Uh, it's, it's not like they've come out with anything super recently. I just, I never stop listening to them. So I think cool. everybody should. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> that's my that's my recommendation. Go check out any literally anything they've put out because <laughs> it's all amazing. Awesome. Cool. Well, uh, again, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, I know yeah, it's a this is sort me. of a weird request, but um, I hope it wasn't too torturous. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I'm sure people are interested to hear from you as well. I was going to say, I hope it's not too torturous for you <laughs> to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> as always, if you made it this far, <laughs> congrats and thank you. Um, yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, um, I've got nothing else to add except... Uh, be good to each other and take care and <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye.